This podcast is brought to you by the Deluxe Edition Network. To find more great shows on our network, head over to the Den.show. What have been the best albums of 2022 so far? I give you a quick little countdown here on this episode of Metalhead Journeys. Welcome into today's episode of Metalhead Journeys. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm rocking the episode solo. I'm cutting down for you my top five best albums of 2022 so far. Seeing as how we're in July, the year is about halfway over, I forgot to go ahead and give you guys a quick little top five album review. I thought about top ten, but I was like, you know what, let's just keep it simple and just do a top five. Now, I tried to get close Bill on this, but he told me that there is no way in hell he could whittle down the 40 albums that he loves into a top five. So I told him, all right, it's fine. I'll take over for this one. You just focus on doing your end-of-the-year review, which I don't know how he's going to do that one because that means he's going to have, like, 40 more albums he's going to have to whittle down into, like, a top 10. So good luck to you, Bill. <laughs> so I tried to get him, couldn't get him, so we're just rocking me. Now, all the albums that are on here are actual full albums. I'm not including EPs. Uh, there are actually a couple EPs that I really, really enjoyed, but I can't really give them a top spot seeing as how, well, they're just EPs. I want to give you guys full albums. And EPs shouldn't even make the top countdown. Which I know we did in the past when we did our top of 2021 from Revolver Magazine. My number one was actually an EP. But that wasn't my list. So I didn't really control it. I was just doing what I was told to do based off the albums that I was given. Which, I mean, to be fair, that zombie EP was damn good. But, yes, no EPs, just full albums. Alright, so if you guys follow the podcast, you kind of know the style of music that I listen to. So there's a couple of these that are going to be no surprise. Uh, there are some that are like my favorites and you guys would be able to, you know, pinpoint that right away. But there's a couple here that you probably would have no idea I enjoyed as much as I did. And there's some that we've already reviewed. And if you go to the back on the episodes, maybe I gave it a 5 out of 10 or a 6 out of 10. However, one of the cool things about music is that you give it time and your opinion changes. Your tastes kind of change. You end up listening for things that you weren't listening for before, or you end up hearing things that you didn't hear before. There's a guitar tone, there's a there's a, a drum line, or something picks up, you pick up on something that you didn't hear before, and something that you were just feeling average about, all of a sudden now you're feeling, you know, way more into, and you really start digging it. So it's ever-changing. You could end up loving an album and then hating it two weeks later, you could end up hating an album and then loving it two weeks later. So if you were to go back to some of these album reviews, I may not have given it the best review originally, but I've kind of gone back and listened to them and heard a little bit more off of them. And they've grown on me, which is why they've made the top five. All right, so top five albums of 2022 so far. Here we go. Coming in at number five, our buddy Bill has no idea I even listened to this, but hopefully he's proud. I decided to go off on my own and listen to it. It's the brand new Upon a Burning Body album. It's called Fury. Now, it is not as heavy as some of their original work. But it is a little bit heavier than the previous stuff they did. Like, it's heavier than Straight to the Barrio. But at the same time, it's got touches of groove in it. So they kind of mix groove metal with, like, deathcore, death metal, metalcore. Which, whichever one you actually want to, like, categorize them in. It could be anything. Like you said, you're not going to win the subgenre categories. But, yeah, they mix groove in with some of their heavier stuff. And they blend it very, very well. And they blend it to where it's memorable and it's catchy. I know specifically there was a song called Shapeshifter, and it's like towards the beginning of the album, and that's kind of got like a start, stop, start, stop 
um, bit of riffing in there, and that captured my attention immediately, and I loved it. But the entire album, just a great blend of groovy stuff with some damn good riffs, some damn good breakdowns. The groovy stuff is still heavy to the point where it's great. It's not just a complete 11-track deathcore album, but it's a tone up from their past couple albums, but obviously it's a tone down from their original, original stuff. But Upon a Burning Body, Fury, this album got the number five spot for me. A surprise that I was gonna let that I liked it as much as I did, but yeah, it's a good album. So go check that one out. It's a recent release too, very recent. Popping in at number four is actually Rashuman by Ibaraki. Ibaraki, the band formed by Matt Heafy and Asan from Emperor. Uh, one of the albums that we reviewed, and I can't 100% remember what I gave it, but I do remember enjoying it. But I don't know if I gave it as high of a rating as I would now. Um, but the more and more I listened to it, the more and more I got into it. Uh, hearing Matt Heafy's Uncleans is absolutely amazing. And to know that he can do that and then be able to transition and go right into the cleans that he's doing, those cleans are beautiful and almost, I could say, operatic in a way. And the fact that he can just bounce around between the two of those is incredibly phenomenal. He's got some great uncleans. And he's got some amazing cleans. And it's just, it's not like, okay, you're sacrificing some cleans, but your uncleans are great. Or, you know, vice versa. It's, it's, he's great at both of them. And it is, Asan plays an integral part, and I know what he brought to the table sounds great. But the main love that I have for this album is strictly Matt Heafy's vocals. Um, I follow vocals a little bit more than I would say Bill does. Or if not, then I pay attention to like uh, lyrics a little bit more. Even though Bill's trying to push me away from that and tell me that <laughs> lyrics don't fucking mean a thing when it comes to metal music. Just listen for the screams, the growls, the guitar riffs, and the, the blast beats, and the double bass, and all, whatever the hell else he wants me to listen to. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a vocal guy. I, I like the vocals. You could have some average riffs and some amazing vocals. Not saying that these are average. I'm not saying Hassan is average by any means. But you could have some average style riffs, some average ass breakdowns. But if your vocals are amazing, I'm going to rate your album top notch. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. But this album specifically, the vocals are on point and they're beautiful. And it blends great guitar work with absolutely phenomenal vocals. And that's why you get my number four spot. If I had to recommend a song for someone to go and listen to, it would actually be Ronin, which features Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. Not a band I really like, but he does uh, play his feature on this track, on that track, extremely, extremely well. All right, so we are at number three. We're at number three, and this is kind of where I go into my plebeian state, my cookie-cutter band pick, if you will. And it's the new Motionless and White album. Uh, I'm a big fan of Motionless and White, and I enjoyed their last album. Um, and the singles that they had released for this, well, aside from Masterpiece, I didn't really love Master. I didn't hate Masterpiece, but it's definitely the slowest and the weakest song on this album. But that doesn't mean it's a bad song by any means. Um, loved it. Loved all the singles that were coming off of this. Easily the best song is Slaughterhouse. It's also their heaviest song. Brian Garris from Knock Loose has a uh, guest spot on that. Beautiful vocalist. Absolutely amazing vocalist. And it's just a very well put together album. It's a lot like Disguise, where you have the heavy influences on songs, but you're also going to have a couple of your slower melodic. It's not full graveyard shift, kind of like rock slow, but it's also not like full on creatures 
like heavy. It's a nice little in-between, kind of like how Infamous was, I guess you could say. I guess it's more so closer to Infamous than um, Disguise. But I wasn't fully, fully digging this album when I first heard it. Uh, I've made a TikTok about it, how it's just like, if you enjoyed Disguise, you'll like this one. It's got some heavier stuff to it, but there's also some softer stuff. But them being the musicians that they are, they blend it pretty, they blend it pretty well. Um, and I know that they were locked away you know, during the shutdown and everything like that, and they talked about how this album was going to be like them uh, releasing a bunch of that pent-up aggression and the feelings from being in the lockdown, and this is what we got. And it actually turned out to be very, very nice. Um, another great, great song, Red, White, and Boom, has Caleb Shomo of Beartooth, amazing vocalist. So when they're bringing in guests, it does phenomenal. But just the band by themselves also hold up and do great. I actually was hoping that the single uh, Time Bomb was going to be on this album, but I think that's just a single they released, but that's where they put Ricky on some clean vocals, and Time Bomb's actually probably one of my more favorite, most of the white songs, but uh, if you don't know about Time Bomb, go check out Time Bomb, it's just a random single they have released, kind of like Creatures X, also an amazing song, but the very end, the title track, Scoring the End of the World, they have Mick Gordon, who's known for doing the Doom soundtrack, and if you listen to Doom soundtrack and you listen to the end of that song, you can definitely fucking tell that Mick Gordon is on that song. And that was an absolute incredible way to end an album. The rest of the album holds up very, very well, but scoring the end of the world, throwing Mick Gordon on there, great way to end it. Like I said, wasn't truly, truly digging about it. It was average for me when I first heard it. The more I listened to it, the more I dug it. And that is why it made number three in my top five. All right, coming in at number two, it is Last 10 Seconds of Life. Bam. Who saw that coming? Probably nobody. Who saw me liking Last 10 Seconds of Life? Not even myself. It just it a self-titled album. Came out at the end of January, and it is an absolute beautiful deathcore album. From the jump, it's intense. And it continues that intensity throughout. The high screams, the low growls are on point. He blends them very well, bouncing back and forth, back and forth. There's some Great blast beats on the drums. There are some beautiful riffs. There are some fun, heavy, violent chugginess as well in there. It's not all super technical. It's just a great deathcore album. And how I found it was pure happenstance because I was just randomly looking for an album to throw on. And I saw this from a band that I hadn't heard of. And it was a self-titled. And usually a self-titled is someone's debut. Yeah, I would say more so than not. So I was hoping maybe I'd find a band that was like a band that just came in. This is their first album they're releasing. Let's find a band, fall in love with a band, and then be with them on their entire journey. So I was just randomly looking for them and trying to surprise Bill with a band recommendation, which is extremely fucking hard to do, by the way. And little did I know that they actually had like four or five albums out, but I listened to it anyway. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was perfect. This is exactly what I was looking for. Just some heavy, brutal fucking music to just, you know, fuck some shit up to. Or just get some work done. You know, something you just throw on. Just like, let's go. Now, sadly, the bassist, the drummer, and the vocalist all jumped ship here in March. Uh, a couple months after releasing the album with no explanation. And just kind of left the guitarist just sitting there, you know, by himself. Um, but yeah, they ended up releasing this beautiful album at the end of January. And then beginning of March, three guys, they just dipped and left the band. And now we're kind of up in the air about if we're ever going to get any last 10 seconds of life stuff. But we will always have this out. Al- this album, Last Ten Seconds of Life. It's their self-titled. It is a beautiful piece of work, in my opinion. So if you're looking for some heavy, 
heavy-ass deathcore. That's not the heaviest thing in the world, by any means. But if you're just looking for some nice, heavy-ass deathcore with some great blast beats, some great vocals, some great riffs, last 10 seconds of life, they're self-titled. Hits my number two. All right, so we're here. We're at the number one spot. The number one album, in Rob's opinion so far, I'm sure Bill has been absolutely hating this list so far if he's tuning into this episode. Of course, I mean, Bill's got a, there's been a fuck ton of music that, you know, Bill has listened to, so I can understand why he probably wouldn't dig it. There's probably a bunch of these albums that wouldn't even get close to touching his top ten. I wouldn't even sniff his top ten. But, you know, maybe I could be mistaken. Maybe the Upon Burning Body might get in there. But I don't know how much he's like that. But with those backlog of how much he's listened to, it's really hard for us to, you know, agree upon certain albums being in certain positions. But nevertheless, let's get past that. Number one for me is Dystopia by Caliban. This album for me has been on repeat like crazy. And if I just don't know what I want to listen to, and I just don't know what music to throw on, I fail safe, Dystopia. It's kind of like, I'm not feeling this genre, I'm not feeling this genre, I'm not really feeling this band right now, or this album, I just kind of need something. It's a fail-safe for me, Dystopia. Another one that we actually um, did an episode on and did a rating or a review on, and I don't think I rated it that high. Um, but it's it's crazy. Uh, it just went back, I listened to it more and more, and then just heard more and more things. And it just goes to show you that you can't, we make the judgment on these albums after listening to them a couple of times, but if you let it sit, you don't touch it for a week and then go back to it, or you just continue to give it more and more and more time, your opinion will change on something. And it's happened through like three of these albums I've had, I've mentioned that. That's just kind of like, I went back and listened to it, and I ended up loving it. So it's happened through like over half of my top five here. But unbelievable album. Like I said, the vocals are beautiful, and being able to mix uncleans and cleans at the same time is phenomenal. Now, unlike the Matt Heafy one, where he did both, this is actually done by two different guys, which I feel like is a tougher test, being able to mix uncleans and cleans from two different people, because you almost have like two different stylistic ways, like two different vocalists who want to have their specific vocal approach to it, and I can see that clashing so easily. So having two different people with two different views and making it work, that's... That's impressive. That's damn impressive. And you guys made it work on this album. But like with this album, there's there's synthy parts of the album. There's deathcore style parts of the album. There's parts where it almost kind of sounds like a new metal album. There's, there's it encompasses all like a bunch of different styles and is blended together so well and it sounds so great. It's definitely been my favorite album of 2022 so far. Caliban's Dystopia. Check it out. I would have to say, if I had to pick a song that I fell in love with, probably just right off the rip, which made me kind of want to go back to it, it's the subtitle. It's Dystopia. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's catchy, and there's cleans in there, and there's uncleans, and oh, man. Chef's Kiss. Beautiful album, Caliban. Now, I know it's not as heavy as earlier Caliban. It's definitely got a softer approach to it, but it's still amazing. It's still fantastic. Go listen to it. Go check it out, and if you don't like it, well, then you don't like it, but I don't know. It's, I, w- I would personally say it's going to be kind of hard not to like it. Maybe you just think it's average, but I can't see anybody just sitting here being like, that album was absolute trash. 
because I'm pretty sure even when Bill reviewed it, he said it's a good Caliban album. It's not like old Caliban, but it's not you know absolute trash. So pretty sure he gave it an average score. I think I gave it an average score, but obviously my tastes and my opinion on it have changed. So Dystopia Caliban, you got number one. All right, so real quick, a quick rundown of what my top five were. Number five was Upon a Burning Body's Funeral. Number four was Ibaraki's Rashomon. Number three was Scoring to the End of the World by Motionless and White. Number two was Last 10 Seconds of Life by Last 10 Seconds of Life. And number one was Caliban's Dystopia. Bill, if you're still here, how did I do? Did I do okay? He would probably say better than I thought, but your baby ears still have some growing to do. And we're getting there. We're getting there. You know, I've been getting into a lot of hardcore lately. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Knock Loose, and just uh, I went back to that Pale Face album that we did, Fear and Dagger. Uh, just some, just some brutal, some brutal music, some heavy, fast pace, which is why I like Ten uh, Since I Guess I Life. But that was months ago that I listened to that. Um, five years ago, I would have never liked the styles that I'm liking now. Um, but I'm getting into the heavier scene, more into like hardcore, more into like deathcore. Which is weird, because this is kind of actually as Bill is transitioning out of, like, Deathcore area, and he's not really feeling that style of music. But, um, seeing the, the different paths that we're both choosing here is what makes the podcast kind of interesting. It's like, alright, you need to go listen to these bands. And be like, alright, cool. So as I'm starting to kind of transition into that, he's like, you know what, I don't want to, really want to listen to that right now, I'm going to go over here. And it's just kind of, I'm just constantly playing catch-up. That's all whatever it is. Alright guys, that wraps up the episode for today go check out the website guys i have it up and running metalheadjourneys.com it is finally up it is running you can listen to episodes there there's a link to the merch line or a link to the store page we have the merch line there's more uh more designs coming there's also more stuff for the website coming all the social links will be there um but we do have the website up and running so go check that out also Big shout out to the Den Deluxe Edition Network. It's a network that we are part of that hosts us. It's a beautiful network to be a part of. And even a bigger shout out to their podcast of the month, Return of the Living Flet. Be sure to give that podcast a listen. Return of the Living Flet. Great stuff what they do. All right, guys. Wraps it up for me. I am out of here. See you in the next episode. Our podcasts exist because of listeners like you. To find other great shows, head over to the den.show. Thanks for listening.